Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast. So at least we think it's episode 86 because as you can probably hear, we're out of the studio this weekend. We're out and about at Vegan Campout 2022. And I am joined with my co-founder, partner in both business and all things in life, Lisa Fox. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm all the better for being here. It's fabulous. It's a glorious day as well. Yes, and that's potentially going to be a little bit of a problem this weekend. We are here just on the first day and it is already very hot. It's slightly overcast on the first day, but it is forecast to get absolutely scorching. So we're going to have to watch out that. But Vegan Camp Out this year, if you've been before, they have changed the format. So it used to be that everything started on Friday night and then you had a full day on Saturday and people packed up and left on Sunday. But this year, um, Friday was just for everyone to arrive and so we got here last night and we're just about to now walk down to the main arena area but the Saturday and the Sunday is packed full of events and then Monday if you can get the day off work that is the kind of pack up nice and relaxed and leave at your own leisure kind of day so what we're going to do is we're doing something a little bit different this weekend at Vegan Camp Out because last year we kind of did an audio documentary of our experience of Vegan Camp Out we bought you a lot of the speakers and things like that but this year we're trying a little bit of an experiment ourselves because what we found was just walking around wearing our vegan business tribe t-shirts and hoodies we had a lot of people coming up and saying hello to us so this year we've taken it one step further so Lisa do you just want to describe what I'm wearing right now <laughs> you are wearing a backpack with a banner stand attached so you can't miss you from the back the banner stand has you know vegan business tribe on there it's nice and bright and um, there's a bit of wording on there about what vegan business tribe is and the website address as well fantastic yeah so i am literally a walking billboard for vegan business tribe this weekend and we're trying it out as a little bit of an experiment just about visibility because a lot of time with marketing we do think that if you can't do marketing from your computer keyboard if you can't do marketing from behind your screen then it's not even worth doing so we're going to be just walking around this weekend with this banner stand on my back and i'm going to be interviewing pretty much anybody who comes up and says hello to me and um, we're also going to be hanging around um, the main stage to try and get to talk to some of the people talking this weekend uh, we do know that Joey Carbstrong's here we know that Heather Mills is here uh, amazing vegan entrepreneur uh, we know that the happy pair are here and I'm really excited to try and just get a couple of minutes of their time to talk about how they've built up such an online following and all those kind of different good stuff and hopefully we're going to bump into a, a few vegan business tribe members as well because we are having a meetup and um, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. so we're gonna go down to that and see who's here from the tribe as well so Lisa I think we we should um, maybe head down to the arena and see what's happening. Yeah, I'm excited. Now, I'm just jumping back on for a quick update because um, talking about this banner stand giving you visibility, we haven't gone more than 100 metres from the tent and we've already been stopped twice by two different people just coming up to us and saying, what's Vegan Business Tribe? So, Lisa, I think this might actually give us a bit more of an experience than we were thinking this weekend. Yeah, I wasn't quite expecting it that close from leaving the tent. It's like we're nowhere near the main area yet and we've already had people asking. So that's a good sign that is a very good sign and we have to quickly just get into the backpack because we've got a few um, postcards for people just to put their email address on so we can actually do a proper follow-up with them as well so we're going to get those out and get them in our pockets ready okay Lisa let's go hello how are you doing you all right so I'm stood in the middle of a field recording a podcast <laughs> and, and who happens to walk up but Jim Moore from the Bloody Vegans podcast Jim how the hell are you I could sense a podcast was being recorded and I sort of appear be like Candyman or something like that. If you say podcast five times, I'll appear. You'll be like the vegan <laughs> podcasting uh, genie, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, something brilliant. like that. Something like probably better analogy than Candyman. He's a bit scary, but uh, like a, yeah, podcast genie. I like that. It's good. Fantastic. So, <laughs> what are you doing here this weekend? Uh, I'm with the Green Gazelles actually, uh, so I'm in that capacity as, um, as chairman, sounds very lofty, of the Green Gazelles. Uh, so I'm here, we're going to be playing a bit of touch rugby, uh, showing some folks what we're about. Um, through our sort of veganism, uh, they will uh, they'll come and watch and come to some of our tournaments, etc. That's absolutely amazing because I think that's one of the things which is really hitting home at this vegan campout is that diversity of activities all based around veganism you know in previous years it has been the activism the tents and 
things like this. But like, like I say, I saw the vegan runners going out this morning. We've got here, you know, you here with the green gazelles. There's just so much diversity around veganism. It's not just food and it's not just activism. I think that's the key, isn't it? People are realizing, uh, you know, as, as we sort of progress as a movement, they're realizing that in order to get to everybody, we need to kind of be everybody, you know? <laughs> um, and, and we are everybody. We've got our passions and our interests are many and varied. So, so why not showcase them alongside our, our sort of our passion for veganism? Couldn't have said it better. So uh, elsewhere than Jim, so as we know, we know you as the host of Bloody Vegans podcast and you've got uh, Bloody Vegans uh, productions now as well. So, so what are you looking forward to seeing this weekend, Jim, while you're here? It's a great question. I'm looking forward to meeting up with the Vegan Business Tribe members, actually. Um, so, Well, we're doing that in about an hour from now, to 10 a.m. up at the activism tent. So, yeah, so uh, we're hoping to get a fair crowd down there. So we'll see you up there, too. I will be there. I will be there. Now, walking down to the main arena, we've actually just had our first um, spot of a weekend. So, uh, Lisa, who's that over there just stood on a stand? That is Joey Carbstrong. <laughs> that is Joey Carbstrong. And if you don't know Joey, he is one of the UK's biggest vegan influencers and YouTubers. You might have seen him doing his uh, video recordings of his street activism. So let's just head over there and see if we can get a quick uh, 30 seconds with Joey. He does have a line of people. Um, he's doing a little bit of a meet and a greet. So let's just, um, let's just head over there. Hey there, Joey. David and Lisa from Vegan Business Tribe. Have you got 30 seconds just to do a podcast? Quickest podcast ever. Let's go. Yeah, what's up? Let's go. I'm here with the myth, the legend, Joey Carbstrong. Now, Joey, when I've listened to you speak before, you've said that when it comes to activism, you should use the skills you've already got for activism. So we're from Vegan Business Tribe. So what's your opinion on people using their business skills for moving the vegan scene forward? It's following my advice perfectly. So very good work. That's what you want to do. If you're into business, have a vegan business. If you're a good speaker, do the vegan activism on the streets if you're not good with people do social media where you don't have to talk to anyone so yeah i think like all strategies and everyone is important even the vegan chefs in there cooking the food and stuff so yeah bring your skill sets to the table do you think there's enough people talking about the business scene at the moment in, in the vegan activism world probably not <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly just doing my own animal rights work and getting on with it but uh yeah there could be more but obviously there are more non-vegan businesses funding the horrible abuses that happen to animals and there are you know, vegans, you know, so I think the more the merrier. That's brilliant. Thank you, Joey, and we're going to see you around this weekend too. Yeah, I'll just be right here. <laughs> right here, where you left me. So we've just walked into uh, Reese, who is the co-founder of Vossages, Vossages Vegan Hot Dogs. And, and, and Reese, what are you doing here this weekend? Well, we're selling the very finest gourmet, artisan, whatever words you want to add on to the end, many adjective vegan hot dogs really loving it to be honest um, people are starting to know who we are we're getting you know repeat customers and we just love serving the, the vegan vibes to be honest it's so good fun there's been a lot happening at Vossages recently though I know you're going through a crowdfunder at the moment yep indeed so uh, we launched crowdfunder back in June um, it's going to be finishing on the 25th of July so that's either next week or the week after so uh, it's one last push we're, we're currently we've raised like roughly £5,000 we're aiming for 20, 25 so we're not where we want to be we spoke to another lady who's a member of the vegan business tribe and she actually said to me that um, she raised three quarters of her target in the last three days so we're hoping with the thousands of people that we're hopefully going to serve this weekend, all the people we're going to speak to, that we can step over the mark and uh, achieve our dreams. So. Absolutely. Everybody we know who's done crowdfunding says the same thing. They raise about 20%, 25% in the first week, nothing in the middle, and then right at the end, you know, if they get over that line, they do it all in the last few days. And it's that little bit of pressure marketing, because a lot of people want to get involved, a lot of people want to give, but they kind of think, oh yeah, I'll do that later. And so, yeah, it, it's all about this point, just like pushing those people through. Right, well, we're going to head up to Bossy just because we're looking for some breakfast now. So we'll see you up there, Reese. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure that I give you these business cards for a little discount as well. <laughs> Thank you. Speak to you soon. It's, it's become like a problem in my life. Like, <laughs> because I actually don't think that vegans shouldn't eat oil. I'm not anti-vegans eating oil. So I think 
we're going to have to give up on the idea of getting any breakfast this morning because having this banner stand on my back it is amazing for visibility and so anybody who knows us is coming over and saying hello which is absolutely fantastic but it is now coming up to 10 o'clock which is when we're due to have our vegan business tribe meet up up at the activism tent so uh, we're going to head up there now hopefully there'll be some of our vegan business tribe members that we can um, quickly get on the microphone to say hello to and uh, Lisa let's head up there now <laughs> so we're here talking to a lot of our vegan business tribe members at the moment and one person I was very keen to catch up with was Hayley Aikens from Motion Hatch now Hayley what are you doing at vegan camp out this weekend um, just nice to be around other people and meet everyone and talk to other vegan business owners so it's very exciting absolutely get out from behind that computer now now Haley, we know you through motion hatch and you've also got the motion hatch podcast as well which which has got way over 100 episodes now so just, just tell me what's been going on with motion hatch yeah so we launched our youtube channel in october last year and uh, we're just about to be monetized which is really exciting we've got about 5500 subscribers and um, yeah it's just growing and it's helping the business a lot because we um, basically sell courses to motion designers and animators to help them to grow their business so we just launched a new course and um, yeah we basically made like 70k on this new course and I'm really excited. Now Hayley you gave me so much I want to ask you about in that, that sentence so, so first of all monetizing the, the YouTube channel so just talk me through how you managed to do that and how that happened. Well, I already have it monetized through my own courses, obviously. So the YouTube channel is um, essentially the biggest lead magnet where people are searching on um, YouTube, like how to become a motion designer or something like that. And then um, they find me and then they essentially find my courses, which helps them, you know, dive deeper and, and get a bit more support and help. Um, so that is one way that I've monetized the YouTube channel already. But we, we're going to be officially monetized because you need, what is it, 4,000 watch hours and 1,000 subscribers. So we had obviously 5,000 subscribers, but we didn't have the watch hours. So now we've just gone over that. So I'm really excited about that. Even though it's not going to be much money, but it's more about, um, you know, just celebrating the wins as well, I think. Of course, as you celebrate that win and that gives you momentum then to go on, on to the next thing. But also the, the idea of selling online courses. We've got a lot of vegan business tribe members who sell online courses and they struggle doing it as well. You know, so, so here that you're having so much success making £70,000 out of selling a single online course. How do you get to that point where, where you go beyond selling your online course just for a couple of pounds and it, it, it may be not quite covering what you've put into it? How do you get from that point into making that kind of income? Yeah, I think it's about um, making sure that you're really solving a problem for someone, you're really getting them the results. So um, essentially, like the promise of my new course, these animators and motion designers, is that I'm going to probably help them to double their revenue and stuff like that, which is big for them. So I think um, them paying something like five grand on a course for a year where they get coaching and accountability and, um, you know, a lot of help like kind of one-on-one -on -one for me in a really great community they just don't have that and it's really worth that amount of money because I know that I can make them much more than that so I think it's about I would think about if you want to make more money what is a problem that you can solve that is kind of a bit more of like what I'd, what I'd call a champagne problem like it's like people who've got the money who want to spend the money and sometimes it's difficult because you know especially as vegan businesses I think a lot of it is we were about the mission and stuff like that so I don't think of making money as a bad thing I think it is a good thing because I know with my business motion hatch what I can do then is put more money into my vegan like side hustle and help more people through that way so it's kind of like an avenue for me to help like other people and and you know just support like animal charities and things that I care about as well so I think um, if you kind of reframe it in that way because I know that a lot of people have um oh like it's not all about the money and stuff like that but if you're a business and you can't make money then you're going to struggle and then you can't help other people so you can be more generous with your time 
we are getting to the time of day now when some of the the headliners are starting to speak on the main stage so we're gonna head over there because um, there's a couple of people who I would absolutely love to get 30 seconds with 60 seconds with uh, just on this podcast the happy pair especially um, maybe to ask them about audience building uh, but Heather Mills as well um, Heather Mills she is a bit of one of my uh, vegan entrepreneur heroes so if we can get maybe 30 60 seconds with Heather as well when she comes off stage that would be absolutely amazing let's go see what we can get so I am joined fresh from the main stage of vegan camp out Dave and Steve from Happy Pear who are vegan superstar chefs vegan entrepreneurs and slowly taking over the world Dave and Steve what are you doing here Actually, we're absolutely just... delighted here uh, yeah we're, we're we were here to kind of I guess try to inspire people to eat more veg and uh, tell our, our story of kind of 20 years of eating a vegan diet and, and even in terms of our vegan business just to tell about how we started and how it got on and it's just what a wonderful and event. yeah how it made to 10 million euro turnover and employing a few hundred people and it's great which is absolutely amazing because most people who start a vegan business they never think it's going to get to that level so I'm going to put you on the spot now give me a couple of your key tips to go from having a fruit and veg shop in Ireland to now taking over the world with hundreds of thousands of followers what, what's the key thing to building that audience sustaining it sustaining and, it well i think firstly if you love it it's easier to stick with it many people idealize the idea of food, uh, to get into the food business but they don't understand that it's huge work so i think if you love it and you love hard work it's the best game ever yeah and then having loads of support having lots of family and friends that want to help you i think that's really yeah key. yeah good community around you yeah. makes a big difference yeah absolutely yeah. perfect so what are we going to be seeing next from the happy pair uh we've got a cool app coming out a really cool app coming out in september which is and we have a four acre regenerative farm so two opposite sides of the spectrum farm to app so yeah you like to keep busy of course yeah, <laughs> of course fantastic right we'll catch up with you guys later thank you thanks a thanks million all the vegans kids are growing up now. Yeah. so i am here now with heather mills who is the owner of v bites and also entrepreneur athlete all-round vegan rock star and anything else you might want to throw at heather so heather what are you doing down here at vegan camp out this week um they asked me to come and speak again i was here at the first one and i just can't believe how much it's evolved from all of my generation, you know, I'm in my 50s. Um, it's a much younger generation demographic now, um, going from three years old upwards, really inspiring kids. And it's probably all the vegan parents, uh, kids growing up, but uh, a lot of flexitarians that have converted. Um, just great to be here, Vegan Camp Out 2022, with loads of like-minded people and flexitarians that have been dragged along and are gonna get converted with all the messaging. Um, from the speakers like Juliet Galatly at Viva and numerous others uh, who are really inspiring. So I was just asked to do a little speech. That's wonderful to hear. Now, I know V-Bytes has, has done some pretty amazing things over the last couple of years. You know, you, you, you've really achieved something with that. But a lot of people are talking about the vegan marketplace starting to mature and starting to hit the mainstream. Is that what you see at the moment? Do you think that there's the same opportunities for vegan businesses? Yeah, there are. But you have to be aware that you're a startup and then you need to look at it like what's your goal if your goal is to have a business and keep a business for a long time then you have to take on investment you have to dilute you have to keep as much control as you can but you have to realize you sometimes end up with a smaller percentage of a bigger pie with experts that scale so if you just want to stay small and you've got a grassroots community who will continue to buy from you then you know it's never a hundred percent risk-free or you make a decision if your product's so amazing and unique in the market, then you have to work with big players because actually you're going to show them, um, as so many have, that they can make money from ethical vegan products and they start reducing. I mean, it's like when we made the decision to work with Applewood cheese and replicate their cheese, we they now sell more vegan slices than they do dairy slices of the cheese we manufacture. So if we hadn't made it for them, they wouldn't have converted and they might have took decades and decades to work out how to make the cheese because it's very complicated to, to sell it. So it's important that absolutely everybody uh, does whatever it takes to save the animals and get vegan great options to as many people as possible. And that means working in the end with big corporates uh, to get your price and your margins down. Otherwise, you'll just be swallowed up and they're finally realizing there's money to be made. So they're all over it. Because that stat you just said about Applewood, that can't be all vegans buying my cheese. 
No, it's not. It's about 80% uh, flexitarians. Because what happens is the vegans drive the PR and the demand. You know, plant-based news, Bieber, everybody. We drive the underground movement and then people go, oh, and then when they're in there, they've heard that bit of news in the back of the head and it's sitting right next to their dairy cheese, which is really important. And they say, or they might have one vegan in the family and then they, and if the price points the same they try it and say well hang on it melts the same it stretches the same and it tastes the same and it's better for me the animals the environment and it's lactose free so and that's what's flipped them when you make it identical you can flip anything and that's the future we're possibly going to see that product that everybody can have around the table you're not having to buy the vegan cheese and the non-vegan cheese you are just buying the cheese for everybody totally integrated which is why when i started v-bites cafes in uh, the late 90s i knew that it was going to be for a limited period because i knew that that we needed to make a mass difference by taking vegan food throughout all of the chains so that people could go in there and then there wouldn't be a market or need or requirement for vegan only cafes because it would be everywhere and they would naturally evolve as big corporates into 100% vegan cafes by themselves. So we replicated McDonald's, Burger King, Greg's, everybody and they're all slowly moving more and more within their product range into that market. Okay, Heather, so one last tip from you then. So if somebody's listening to this and they've got a vegan business, maybe a food business, and they're at that point of scaling up, they've maybe taken it as far as they can from their kitchen table, what would your best tip be to that kind of company to maybe get in front of an investor or or maybe just do something to scale that business up? Um, well, they can always write to us. We've got the V-Bytes Ventures hedge fund group that, that we fund, um, but you have to have something unique. Don't bother setting up a burger business, um, a fish business. We've done it all. We've had the recipes in the cupboard forever. It has to be something very clever and very unique. Otherwise, it won't succeed. We do quinoa protein isolates, algal protein isolates. So you can't sit in the pea protein soy market for long. It has to be, you know, oats and rapeseed, local procurement within the country that they're making that business. Think outside the box and uh, flavors have to be exceptional as well as texture and taste Um, but usually go to third-party manufacturers don't get involved with mass manufacturing it's the biggest headache pain in the bum ever and now that we have plant-based only large facilities at v-bytes we do 85 percent private label you don't want to get it made in a mixed facility Um, but i understand why people have in the past because it's expensive to set up factories but personally if those factories had been around when I started V-Bytes, I would never have got involved with manufacturing. It's very difficult. Know what your ingredients are, think laterally, and, uh, and speaking to people that have run businesses for decades because it's very, very, very difficult. Absolutely fantastic. So what are we going to see next from V-Bytes? Um, well, we've done the microalgae smoked salmon. We've just done an algae fermentation cheese <laughs> that should come out in the next 12 months. Um, and then people will start getting more and more oat cheese um, and uh, alternate fats, rape seeds locally procured instead of coconut oil, things like that. And the last thing, we're doing a, a fat, egg and sugar-free ingredient made from fruit and vegetable waste, which brings everything down by 50%. Absolutely amazing, Heather. Thank you so much for your time and great to talk to you. Thank you. All the best. Take care. So, thank you. So we've just taken a little bit of a break from the meet and greet just to have a, a, a walk around up and down the kind of the, the leafy avenues that we've got here at the new venue. And so Lisa, what do you think of the kind of um, the new venue we've got here, the, the new layout? Do you prefer it to the Newark showground layout? I do. It's much larger, um, which means there's a lot more space for people. There's a lot. I don't know. It just seems it seems more festival like uh, than it ever has before uh, the weather's really helping as well i think you know everyone's just in a really great mood everyone's coming together there's just a lot going on i agree with you and it does have a little bit more of a chill feel doesn't it there's a bit more space there's kind of a tree for everybody who wants one if you want to sit under a tree and just all the food stalls and things like this they've got these fairy lights in the trees and it's just a lovely sunny British summer afternoon I think so yeah it's great that it's here but it's also great that everything's not quite on top of each other there is that little bit of a room to go to one area to eat and go back to another area to see the tents and the speakers and the things like that so um, hopefully they're going to stay here for a few years 
Yeah, I mean, they've advertised for next the next year's dates already and it being here, so fingers crossed that goes ahead. And I've been impressed by the tents as well for the activism, the main stage and the music, because they aren't, um, you don't have to come just through one door. Uh, there's not this massive queue to go in or go out. People can come and leave as, as they want. It's very organised. It's very organised. I like it a lot. Absolutely. So we're just going to have a little bit of a, a walk around here now, see what we can find. And then I think we're going to head down to the family area because it's actually a couple of vegan business tribe members who pull the family area together. We've got Laura Chetton down there who also works with the Vegan Society. We've got Ian and Kathy from Bee Friendly Music and they're going to be performing in a little while. And I know we've got Sam Barker down there from Clever Cotton and the Vegan Haberdasher. So let's down, head down there next and just see who we can find. Well, we couldn't walk past the One Planet Pizza stand without stopping and saying hello to co-founder Mike Hill from One Planet Pizza. So, uh, Mike, how's your vegan camp out going? Yeah, it's been pretty good so far. The, I reckon the audience is getting younger. The last, the first few vegan camp outs, it was uh, a lot of people in there in their sort of 20, mid 20s, mid 30s to 40s and a few older people like me. But I think last couple of years, the audience has got really young and we're getting you know, many more teenagers coming in, people in their early 20s, which is great to see. And more men as well, many more men these days. Just on that, Mike, do you think, when we're looking at a younger demographic, do you think that all these people are vegan yet? Or do you, do you think we're actually getting a bigger mix of people on that vegan journey coming to events like this? Yeah, I think it's the same with a lot of vegan events. That it used to be just for vegans and people that were already committed, perhaps being vegan for a few years. But now it's, it's totally changed, I think. And I think there's a lot of people that come along with friends. Perhaps one of a friendship group is vegan. They've got two or three veggies, you know, another veggie curious. And I think now because the food is so much more accessible and uh, people enjoy it, even non-vegans, plus, you know, music's good, we've got speakers. I think it's just uh, appealing to people that are at different stages of that journey. And the other thing is, because we've got, you know, if people go vegan, as we know, some people it's more about environment, some people it's health, some it's environment, um, animals. So I think you just get a real mixture of people that are perhaps thinking about doing it for their health or thinking about doing it for the animals, but they want to hear about the other elements as well. And that's really what's really interesting, I think, about the journey of going vegan is it, it, which one of those is the most important to different people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who are on that journey, they might not yet identify as vegan, but they see choosing the vegan option or just swapping something out. It's, it's their way to reduce their carbon footprint. It's their way you know, towards um, more environmental responsibility. But once somebody starts on that journey, you know, and, and they just start Googling vegan recipes, yeah. that's when the algorithms get them. The algorithms take yeah. over, you know, and yeah. it's only going to be a, a week or two of, of looking at vegan food online that, you know, they're going to start seeing videos for, um, well, like hench herb we've yeah. just made, earthling yeah. head, that's going to start coming into their timeline a little bit. So, yeah, would you actually say with One Planet Pizza that you are selling a lot to the, the, the flexitarians and the non-vegans? Yeah, I think so, especially as the, the shops and distributors that we're in changes. It's, it, we've gone a lot more mainstream, mainstream in the last couple of years. And so at the moment, we're just in Asda on a limited, limited number of stores, about 50 stores. They can't all be vegans that are yeah. buying those thousands of, uh, of pizzas. So I think a lot of them will be trying, like some, for example, a vegan pizza for the first time. Um, yeah, 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 I think it's gonna be a, a real change in the people that are eating vegan food. Like a wandering podcast today, you see. So, so yeah. So, just as I'm wandering down uh, through the food section, we've come to the. Um, I'm not going to call it a stand, but it's the vegan-founded table. And outside there, we've got a little statement that says we shouldn't buy from McDonald's. Do you agree? Let's talk. And and Claire, the founder of Vegan Founded, is is deep in conversation with somebody at the moment. But I've got Kyle here, and, and Kyle is fairly new to Vegan Founded and has taken over the kind of the social side of it, the promotion side of it. So, Kyle, what are you doing down here at Vegan Camp Out this weekend? So um, today we're trying to find the cons consumers. So we've got an online directory um, to sort of find the real vegan businesses. So any businesses that are completely vegan and vegan owns, we're trying to promote them and, and get their name out there. We are, as Vegan Business Tribe, vegan founded ourselves. We do have the vegan founded badge on the foot of our website. So tell me about the strategy of then, of setting up this desk here with, with quite a controversial statement and getting people to chat to you. What's the kind of whole strategy behind this of promoting vegan founded? Yeah, so the strategy is to just sort of get people to stop, um, 
which is working very well um, and to get them thinking about the, the small independent all vegan businesses that are struggling a lot at the moment um, yeah I think 90% of um, vegan businesses uh, a vegan option sorry um, aren't actually bought by vegans whereas the all vegan owned businesses it's mostly vegans that shop from them so there's all these options now and we're trying to get promote the vegans to always choose the vegan founded option wherever they can wherever it's possible to so I have just been stopped uh, by Bastian from Plant Milk Company at uh, Lilk. Uh, Sebastian, what are you doing down here at Vegan Camp Out today? I was here for the sole purpose of Robbie tackling you. And <laughs> now that I've done it, I feel like my day's made. I can just go home a happy man. Uh, but apart from that, we've been supplying the, uh, you know, the, the plot milk here at Vegan Camp Out, trying to support the event. And so we've partnered with uh, Canon Coffee Roasters. They're like an ethical coffee sourcing company. Um, and yeah, we've been providing them the milk and you know, people seem to have reported quite, quite well. Absolutely brilliant. So how long have Lilk been uh, trading for? Uh, not very long. We had our proper launch in January um, uh, with Ocado. And last week we just launched uh, with Waitrose and also with Harlan Barrett nationally. So very young, but trying to grow, trying to make it happen. It's very competitive out there, but we're trying to do our best. Absolutely. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head there. It's extremely competitive in the plant milk sector. But getting into those retailers so quickly, how have you done that? I'm not sure. Emily is over there on the grass having a nice, nice, delicious meal. She's the one who just uh, gets, gets people to do things for her. I'm not sure how she does it. I think we've got a, a product that tastes really nice. Uh, it's got some really good eco-credentials. We were the first plant milk on that new combidome format, which is you know better for the environment. So that probably has helped. And also our differentiation is that we... Uh, what we do is we blend different ingredients together. So for example, we've got a product that's oat and rice. We've got another one that's oat, coconut and quinoa. So I guess you could argue we're not yet another oat milk. I suppose that probably helps a little bit and gets people curious, I suppose. Shall we now go uh, ambush Emily? I think we should. Let's go. <laughs> nice to meet you, Emily. Now, Bastian says that you are the superstar that's got Lilk into the retailers so quickly. He he's told me you're going to tell me how you've done it. Well, that's a very, very kind of him. I think, to be honest, it is a bit of a, a team effort always. So just kind of um, being consistent, you know, keeping in contact, keeping in touch. Um, we're really lucky, I think, as well, that we've, we've got a product that we really believe in. So that makes it a lot easier. It's not a hard sell when you're selling something that you love yourself. Um, but yeah, just, um, just perseverance, I think, is the main thing. Spamming, I think, is what she means. <laughs> just spamming people. <laughs> Also just having fun with it as well. So, um, you know, you really want to bring that product into the supermarket and it's your, your, your aim, but also just remembering to, to take a step back and, and have fun and make it an enjoyable experience. Absolutely. So Bastian, what are we going to see next from Lilk? Uh, we're going to see some new, new products. Um, I can't, I can't share too much. Otherwise I'd have to you know, deal with you <laughs> very quietly behind the stage, behind the stage. But yeah, we've got some new products coming out. Uh, we're extending into uh, other regions. We're selling as far as South Korea. So there's stuff happening. Uh, but yeah, just a couple of, a couple of big reveals coming up in the next few months. Brilliant. Well, we'll keep an eye out and thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank, thank you so, so much. much. <laughs> So we have wandered down now to the kids section, which is always the nicest area of, I think, vegan camp out. It's always the most fun area anyway. And we've just stumbled across our vegan business tribe member, Sam Barker from Clever Cotton, the vegan haberdasher. Now, Sam, you're here just topping up your tan, manning your stall. So what, what are you doing here at Vegan Camp Out? Um, I'm having an absolute fabulous time in the family field. I'm running arts and crafts sessions. Um, so this morning I did pom-pom creatures and they were absolutely fabulous. The creations the children came out with, I mean, using feet as ears or putting on multiple eyes instead of two, gluing them together to make long ones. Uh, you know, the imagination of a child, it's something to behold, quite frankly. And plus I've had loads of fabulous conversations to people that didn't really know about to what extent conventional haberdashery, knitting yarns, etc. aren't vegan. So I've had a fabulous time. And can I just ask Sam, so how many of those conversations do you actually have with the children themselves? Because, I mean, children just get veganism, they understand it. So, so uh, how much have you been able to actually move the vegan conversation along? Um, I wouldn't say it's very much with the younger ones, but definitely the teenagers um, I've been talking to. I mean, asking, I mean, I've got a plea case, iron on a plea case with me, and and nearly every single one of them is just checking the, the, the glue's vegan isn't it and I went yeah everything's vegan ethical sustainable um, it's it's very much 
something people don't think about until you actually start to scratch the surface and to be honest when I started my first incantation of the business if you can remember a long long time ago the Northumberland Hand Knit Company when I first started out um, the more I found out the bigger you know the more Pandora's box opened and it just got to the point where if I've got to go to five six different suppliers just to get the equipment I need to do one project why don't I bring it all together in one place and essentially that is what the vegan haberdasher is all about and um, yeah it is more education as well because I would actually say the vast majority of my customers are not vegan but they buy my yarns because they are different they are unique the fabulous quality and people are generally interested in environmental impact as well so i've hoped to think i'm just making a little difference to the bigger world that is wonderful to hear sam now you just hinted there that you have been through quite a journey building this business and you, you must be one of everybody's favorite vegan business tribe members everybody loves sam uh, so, so just just tell me sam you said you started out there with a completely different company doing a completely different thing so how have you found that journey and how have you kept that tenacity going well I'm one of these people that never gives up because if you give up you might as well just give up full stop really and I think what it was is I knew I could have something that worked I knew that vegan knitwear would work in some way shape or form it was just finding that particular vehicle for it the conversations I had with people about my pre-produced knitwear they absolutely loved it but they wanted to make it themselves so that was the seed for this and it's now been 10 weeks since the business relaunched thanks to the really really generous people that crowdfunded me and these have been the best 10 weeks I've ever had in terms of not just sales but interaction with people attention and just creating that buzz that I knew I could create at some point but I think I have finally found my niche and that is so important isn't it because when when people are building a business they come up with an idea they launch that idea and think that idea is just going to work as it is but I don't know anybody with a successful business who is doing what they were doing on day one you evolve that business you work all these things out and you've just been the absolute embodiment of doing that with this which is why I think so many people are getting behind you now yeah I mean I think it's just the I don't give up attitude I mean going back years and years ago when I did my open university degree when I first signed up for it my dad first thing he said to me is you know how the open university met the money you know people sign up for things and they don't finish it and that to me was like right I'll show you I'm gonna finish this and that sort of taught me the ethic of if you start something you finish it you might have to change it you might have to modify it you might have to go through different transitions with it but you know don't stop until you get to a point where you can finish and also it's continuous improvement what can I do to make things better you can never be complacent you've always got to be looking at something new something different when I started 10 weeks ago I had five yarns I'm now up to 19 different yarns I've got another supplier coming on board the 1st of September a Katia a Spanish company they are launching a range an entire range of vegan friendly yarns which I am so excited about and I've got them on pre-order and there's even more in the pipeline so I think I've probably just got something right on the cusp of when it's about to blow up and when it's about to happen and again that is also I feel something really important in business you've got to know your market but also be able to be out there knowing your different products knowing your trends and just knowing when to strike the coordinator for the family area at the vegan camp out one of the things that I really wanted was some live music and I have managed to find through the vegan business tribe the best reggae band and vegan as well so the Sun is shining it's the end of the family sessions I think it would be absolutely amazing if we all got up off our seats either dancing in here or dancing outside in the sunshine to the absolutely sensational Be Friendly would be phenomenal. Who's with me? 
Ian and Cathy from Be Friendly. We've we just had your hour-long set in the family session. Headlining the family area. Yeah, yeah, headlining the family area. That's what we like to hear. So, so just explain a little bit about what what you do, Ian, and and, and especially your brand of music. Uh, it's uh, it's really much influenced by uh, Jamaican reggae, and um, it's uh, you know with a little twist of my own uh, sort of um, rock upbringing and stuff, um, and. Um, um, yeah, I just write songs about daily life, uh, anything and everything from yucca plants to um, having no job because the boss uh, gave me the sack um, and, uh, and to vegan songs as well uh, about being asked why I'm vegan so much um, and um, uh, you know, and writing a song about that to give the answer basically. I've got to say that is the first time I've heard a song about a yucca plant but that was absolutely amazing to hear as well but but Ian I mean do you think that music isn't used enough these days for campaigning for activism because I mean if you look back to the past there is a rich history of music being used for campaigning but I don't think we see that as much do we um, no we don't I think that the, the trouble is for established artists is they don't really like to get too involved with um, what they might say are political things um, whereas new artists um, or fledgling artists like say be friendly we can um, we can address that fact we can bring out the, the, the vegan songs we can say we are vegan like this is what we're trying to promote um, we don't have anything to lose whereas I think uh, they may not have anything to lose by coming out as vegan but um, and I know people like Lewis Hamilton whilst he's not a mus musician he um, does a lot to promote veganism um, and, uh, and he's come out since he's been world champion um, and so uh, some people do but as for like you say music I'd say there is a, a, a lack of people up there big names actually making songs about the problems we have with the meat and dairy industry and actually singing about it absolutely so you are um, in the middle of your peace love reggae tour at the moment you did play Stonehenge at Solstice Festival a couple of weeks back which was absolutely amazing to see the photos and the video from that so what's going to happen next with Be Friendly uh, next we are where are we next? Oh yes, of course. We're at, I've been saying that all day. We're, we're at the Vegan Kids Festival in Dorset next uh, Saturday. Uh, and then, so we are actually, so we're halfway through the, the, the eight gigs that we've got for the summer. Uh, and then we're off to Cornwall for uh, the Foy Regatta and, um, and Vegan Organic uh, Festival. <laughs> Ian and Cathy, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much, David. Thank you. So, we're waiting at the Dapper ice cream truck and over 30 seconds before ice cream comes out, we've just run into David Rams, YouTube vegan hero, more than there. So, so David, what are you doing here at Vegan Camp Out this year? I'm just enjoying it, to be honest. Not speaking or anything like that. Um, just literally came here to try and meet as many subscribers as possible and enjoy the food, enjoy the speakers and have a good time. Yeah. Fantastic. So tell me then, I mean, this is what everybody wants to know. How did you first get into doing that YouTuber's activism? I think it's when I, I, I don't know, looked at like Earthling Ed, looked at Joey and seeing the reach you could get from making videos instead of just solely talking to people, which is amazing, by the way, outreach and stuff. But if you record that and put it on YouTube, not only did you reach them, but you could reach like 100, 100,000, 100 million. You never know, right? And I realized that the the amount of effort in versus results out online stuff is just you can't beat it there's no, nothing comes close to the amount of reach unless you're like i don't know became the prime minister or the president or something like that right but yeah really it's the easiest way for someone to sit at home and make a massive impact in the world and change people's minds yeah. and how many subscribers have you got now like twenty-one thousand on YouTube, like thirty-something thousand on Instagram. I think. Yeah. And how did you get up to those kind of figures? Because I, I think a lot of people when they start off on YouTube, yeah. they, they might get to a few hundred, maybe get to a thousand, a few. But actually, taking that step up into the tens of thousands, that actually needs a different kind of strategy. 
honestly, the, the strategy I've used is, and it's not, it's a good strategy, but it, it's not for those who are, are like very principled, let's say. It's that you've got to, you've got to talk about people who are like famous. You've got to put yourself out there and say some controversial stuff. You can't just be like running a mill vanilla on everything. So for example, the thing that got me a lot of traction was criticizing a very, very famous guru. He's a vegetarian, but he's anti-vegan, like he's pro-dairy. And so I went out and made some videos about him. One of them's almost at a million views now. So that really blew everything up. And it's like, I didn't do it because I hate the guy. I did it because the guy's massively famous and he's saying stupid stuff about veganism. It's so it's, you know, but people think I hate him. That's fine. I went a little bit spicy, let's say in the video and it kicked everything off. So you've got to be bold, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You've got to cut through the BS. You can't just do any run of the mill vanilla videos and content. You've got to do something that's going to make people stand up and go, whoa, okay, I need to watch that. That's drama. That's, you know, unfortunately, I wish it wasn't like that. Drama sells and without it in today's world, you're not going to, you're not going to get much traction. Even Ed has to use drama these days, you know? Yeah, because I mean, there's only two ways to build an audience. You either have pay for that audience and that payment might be in time or it might be in money or you just get in front of somebody else's totally definitely you see like even you look at ed's or or joey's uh, and they're both extremely successful they're relying more and more on dramatic thumbnails and titles to get views because it's not just like in the old days old days like a couple of years ago where you could like put something like how to go vegan in 2019 get a lot of views on that not not today tiktok has ruined people's attention spans um, so as Instagram Reels, you've got to be like, you've got to make them look at your video, thumbnail title and go, oh my, if I don't watch that, I'm going to think about it all day. It's got to be like, bam. And if you don't do that, it's not taking off. And I'm not, I miss out on a lot of this, by the way. It's really hard nowadays, but it's totally possible. You can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant for that advice, David. Now, David, our ice creams are sat there melting. Know, so <laughs> we got to jump in, but thank you so much for your time. So thank you, mate. Appreciate it. So it is now the last evening of Vegan Camp Out 2022 and it's it's been a long couple of days but uh, it's, it's been a great couple of days actually and Lisa and I we have just stuffed ourselves with some vegan fried chicken um, and that's us sorted for our supper this evening and as you can probably hear in the background the after party is now well underway and that's actually Earthling Ed on the decks that's, uh, so Earthling Ed he is DJing the after party and you couldn't get more of a vegan event than that uh, but Lisa, as I said, it, it's been a great couple of days. It's been a long couple of days. But what are your takeaways from this weekend so far? Well, it's really important to, to remember again how uh, integral these kind of events are to people's journeys in veganism. Not just the, the fact that there are so many non-vegans here as well, and this is part of their vegan journey. So you've got people who are just starting to get interested in veganism and kind of get dragged along by a friend maybe who is vegan to also people who are about to make that transition and, and want a little bit of help and to, to really surround themselves with all this vegan food and all these you know vegan talks and everything but also there's a, a, a massive transition as well at these events from veganism to activism there's it's been fabulous to see the activism tent being so busy it's been packed every seat was taken for every talk there were people outside of the tents listening for every talk so again it's seeing that transition from non-vegan to vegan vegan to activism and really helping people to understand once they're vegan that's not necessarily enough you're just opting out and you're not actually helping make that change so through the activism tent and the talks people getting really really involved figuring out what else can i do to help the cause yeah and when you talk about the tents being full these aren't little camping tents these are huge circus big top tents so yeah th there's been a lot of people into there and that kind of leads us on to the visibility event so uh, as i said right at the start we're doing a little bit of a test here for our own visibility so i've got this this wonderful um backpack banner stand that i've been carrying around all weekend i'm just i'm just looking at it now we, we've, we've got it um lent up against a tree and it's just been interesting seeing the reaction of people when i've been 
been walking around in this but i haven't been seeing it like you've been seeing it because quite quite often you've been a couple of steps behind just looking out for who's paying attention so what have you seen people's reaction being to me walking around with this huge banner on my back lisa <laughs> well, there's been quite a lot of different kind of reactions but again sometimes i've been uh, next to you and kind of keep on turning around sometimes i've been a few yards behind you sometimes i've been a hundred yards behind you just to kind of figure out like you say what those kinds of reactions are and it's been really really interesting to see that not only have you got stopped by a lot of people to start those conversations with you so it's great for attracting people but for every single person who stopped you there were another at least two or three people who actually just took pictures you know they were so they were stealthily interested and for every kind of person who then took those pictures there were also you know another four or five people who just stopped still to read it and then on top of that, you know, for every person who bothered to stop and read it, there were lots more who were taking notice, who were kind of, you know, slowing down, looking, talking to their friend about it or whoever they were with. Um, and again, I spoke to some of these people afterwards and they said, you know, that I don't have a business myself, but I know someone who does, you know, and I know a vegan who does, and that might be kind of interesting. Or I'm just really interested in what you're doing. That's an interesting way to approach activism. So it's if you do something like this in person at an event or anywhere else, then you can't judge the effect that you're having and that visibility by how many people are actually stopping and having conversations with you or how many email addresses you manage to get even because it's the, the ripple effect is so much bigger than that and you can't actually necessarily see that. So do you think we'd do this again, Lisa? Because, I mean, it has been a long few days. It's been a really long weekend of always on our feet, always on, always talking to lots. And we must have spoken to hundreds of people this weekend. Do you think this is something that we'd keep doing, that we'd do again? Absolutely. And it's something that I would very much advise, you know, anybody to do and get involved in and try and raise your visibility. But again, one of the things we've learned from, from this weekend is how important it is. If you're going to decide to do something like this, then decide to do it and actually do it with regards to the amount of, of, of time and effort that you're putting into it. If, if you're coming to a full weekend like this, you know, we could have said, oh, it's five o'clock. Do you know what? We've been up since goodness knows what time. We've been wandering around with this banner stand. We've been talking to so many people which has been awesome but now we're a bit tired it'd just be nice to take the banner stand off get changed you know go get some food somewhere go sit in the middle of the field and just have a bit of a lie down for the rest of the evening but that kind of takes the point out why we're here we're here to work you know we can have fun at different places at different times and as much as it has been fun being here we're working I think that point on work is actually really important because one thing that's just been brought home to me this weekend and this is from conversations with lots of the people who have got vegan businesses here this weekend is just how hard it is to build a business and just how much effort it takes to build a business. It's going to take you twice as long, three times as long, even longer to find that success. And it's going to take, gosh, at least three or four, maybe even 10 times as much effort as you think it's going to be. Because if you're just starting a vegan business, then no one is going to come and rescue you. No one's going to just turn up and give you a bag of money and say, here you go, here you go, build this business. It's down to you. It's down to you to get out there. It's down to you to make that business happen. So if you're struggling a little bit at the moment and you're not quite finding the clients, you've got to go out there and get them you've got to go out there and do something about it and i think we can all do that we can all decide that we're going to actually build this business we're going to put in that not 100 we're going to put in that 800 to get there as well but now lisa we've got a bit of a decision to make because the after party is still going on and it's well underway now so do we go see the after party or do we head back to the tent to try and get at least a semblance of a full night's sleep well regardless of my feelings on the matter i think you know i'm gonna to have to be a taskmaster to us both and say yeah we're here to work so we need to go to bed get a good night get, try and get a good night's sleep and then get up bright and early in the morning put that backpack on again with the banner stand and let's see how many other conversations we can have in the morning before everything wraps up tomorrow i thought you were gonna say let's go to the after party with the banner stand on my back <laughs> no i think everyone's way too busy having a few drinks and having a dance and having a good time so we need to catch them in the morning instead <laughs>
That looks like hot work, Lisa. Kind of is. <laughs> so, Lisa, yeah. what's your plan for getting all these flies out of the tent? I think we need to just ask them really nicely. <laughs> And so sadly, that is the tent packed up and it's Monday morning now. And uh, as I said earlier, the format of vegan camp out, it's changed a little bit this year. So the Mondays now, the pack up and the wind down day, we've got to be out of here by, I think it's uh, two o'clock. So we've got a couple of hours left. So we've just got the car packed up and we're just going to head back into the grounds now to see who we can find about. Uh, and I think a lot of the food stalls are still here. So we're just going to see if we can grab some breakfast stroke lunch and just see who's hanging about. But it's an absolute blisteringly hot day today it's forecast to get up to 37 degrees c which is as as hot as it gets in the uk so uh, we've got the sunblock on uh, lisa's got her parasol up so let's go see who we can find who's still hanging about so one of the benefits to hanging around to the end of vegan camp out is people start giving out freebies and we've just been approached by clemmy from clemmy vegan cake who's been here all weekend but 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 clemmy you, you're just giving us some free cake you're amazing oh no problem at all yeah we're just very hot now and would like to go home but it's been an amazing weekend fantastic and you did just run over and say you are our podcast listener so it's been great to find you so uh, how long have you been listening to the podcast um probably a month or so yeah i don't know how i found out about it but yeah it's really great to listen to so thank you for making it <laughs> i liked your podcast about podcasts actually because we often talk at the bakery about how we should have a podcast just about the random stuff that we talk about whilst we're baking so yeah that was really interesting that's not a bad idea i mean those kind of information education podcasts they've really really taken off and it's something where you can build up some really unique visibility but before i let you go though first of all yeah again thank you for the cake but tell me a little bit about clemmy vegan's cake so what where are you based to start with? Um, we're based in Nottingham um, and we started in 2016. It was just a little fun hobby for me. I used to be a teacher and then the cakes just got a little bit out of control and now it's my full-time job and we have a bakery in Nottingham and a shop and yeah, a bunch of girls that help me bake, so it's great. And how did you make that transition then from just doing this part-time as a hobby to making that into a business? I think I did it quite slowly, slowly compared to some people. So yeah, I just started doing it at weekends whilst working full-time, um, then just cut down my days teaching at school and then just, yeah, slowly the cakes kind of took over everything. <laughs> and so that is it we have come to the end of another vegan camp out and lisa and i were just walking our way back up through the now almost empty fields back to the car park and there are one or two tents still um dotted around i think some people are really trying to ring the last couple of uh moments out of vegan camp out and as always myself and lisa we're one of those people we we, we have waited right to the end we're we're in danger of being escorted off the premises again but just staying right to the end of these kind of events if you're a business is actually really useful because that's when some of the people come out from behind the scenes the people have been running the stalls have got a bit more time to chat the organizers were walking around and we managed just to have some like really nice in-depth conversations with people who had just been too busy throughout the event to actually talk to us so it's been um, a really good idea just to put that last couple of hours in just to do those last couple of rounds and have a few more interesting conversations but uh, Lisa have you got anything you just want to say before we wrap up on this podcast just that it's been lovely to see so many of you um, again a lot of our members were here we had the meetup um, some of them couldn't make it but we're still here over the weekend and we caught up with them as well and again it wasn't just uh, vegan business tribe members from the UK that were here um, we had uh, someone come over from Brazil, we had someone from Australia, so Sky and Marcelo um, and, and everywhere in between so it was fabulous to see so many and obviously people who aren't members yet but who've heard of us and now want to get involved so yeah it's been wonderful to see and speak to so many amazing vegans who are running their own businesses. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the wonderful things is how many people have come over to us, seen me with this big ridiculous banner stand on my back, and just said, "Oh yeah, I listen to the podcast, and you know we we love what you guys are doing." And it just gave us that opportunity to actually interact with these people and just make that human connection, which has been absolutely wonderful. And top tip for vegan campouts: if you do stay right to the end, then just hang around the food stalls because we are walking away with so many freebies that would have been thrown away. Over 
wise. Uh, Reese from Vosigers has just given us a, a huge bag of, um, of of tiger bread buns, which, we, which we're going to take back up with us, and we're going to be having sandwiches all week. Uh, uh, Clemmy from Clemmy's Vegan Cakes. Clemmy, if you're listening, uh, thank you for the free cake. It was absolutely stunning. That is some of the best chocolate cake we have ever had. So thank you so much for that freebie as well. And if you want to know more about us, then do go check out the website at veganbusinesstribe.com. You can join as a free member to get access to our weekly email and all our free content. You can join as a paid member as well to really get involved with the community and get access to all our members only information as well. So usually at this point, I would say goodbye, but just for the novelty value of having Lisa here with me, I'm going to let Lisa say it instead. So Lisa. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening and we will see you on the next one. And I think we'll let Be Friendly play us out today, who you can find in all the same places you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts or music. See you on the next one. So hello, hello, it's good to see you, my old friends. Hello, hello, I've been missing you like I don't know when. Hello, hello, it's good to see Yeah, I don't mind if you clap in those bits. Whoa, that's sounding good. <laughs>